Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Gargaw Podcast. I'm Nathan, a.k.a. the Gargaw. Uh, tonight I'm doing something a little bit different, and I'm going to be doing a Facebook Live video while I'm recording the podcast. Lucas and I tried doing an uh, Instagram Live video during our last recording with MonsterPod, and we still have a few kinks to work out, uh, so hopefully this one will run at least a little bit smoother. Um, so if you're watching this live, feel free to add in some comments or some questions, and I'll do my best to respond to them. I'm not going to be able to guarantee that I'm going to get to them, but I will try to at least go back and respond to them afterwards if I miss them during the recording. Uh, and if you're just listening to this and you're not catching it live, feel free to check it out at uh, facebook.com slash thegargyle. And um, if people like it, then hopefully I will do more of them. Alright, so, uh, for tonight's movie, I'm going to be talking about Beyond the Gates. I absolutely loved this movie, so I'm pretty stoked to be doing an episode about it. In fact, I loved it so much that Lucas and I covered it on the Monster Pod as well. And while there will definitely be some overlap in what I say on this podcast and what I said on the Monster Pod, I try to keep my reviews here fairly spoiler-free, uh, which sometimes can be difficult. But I want these reviews to let people know whether or not I think that they should actually see a movie. The Monster Pod, we operate under the assumption that you've either already seen the movie or you don't really care that much about spoilers. So we dive a lot deeper into things. So if you've already seen Beyond the Gates and would like to go beyond just my review of the movie, then I recommend you check out the Monster Pod episode as well. Uh, also at the beginning of um, the Monster Pod episode of Beyond the Gates, we did a brief little nod to Feeding Time, which is a short film directed by Matt Mercer, who plays the cop in Beyond the Gates. And I've talked about Feeding Time before during my coverage of the Nox Horror Film Festival, as well as during the Frightening Ass Film Festival, as well as during the Chattanooga Film Festival just a few months ago. I, I love this short. It's fantastic. I can't say enough about it. I think everyone should get out there and support Matt Mercer and independent horror. Um, so if you haven't seen that movie yet, then definitely check it out. It's still going around on the festival circuit, so definitely catch it if you have a chance. Um, and if you want to catch my full review, you can check it out at gargourreviews.blogspot.com. Alright, so I've already talked about feeding time. Uh, that's what the other review is for. This one is just about Beyond the Gates. So let me start off by saying I love Beyond the Gates. The more that I watch it, and I've seen it several times in the last week preparing for this episode, the more that I love it. First time that I saw it was at Knox Horror Film Festival last year. Then a couple weeks later, I saw it at the Frightening Ass Film Festival in Chattanooga, and I loved it so much that I ordered it, pre-ordered it on Blu-ray uh, from Amazon. And if you know me well, you know that paying full price for a movie rather than just picking it up at a pawn shop or a thrift store is not my norm. But I love this movie so much, and I really want to support the people who make it, and I really want to support indie horror. So uh, I, I really want to see more from them, and they definitely deserve all of my monies. Okay, not all. They deserve some of my monies, but they're fantastic, and I want them to keep making tremendous horror movies. Uh, even though I absolutely love this movie, I don't want to oversell it or raise expectations too much. I've had plenty of movies that I've seen ruined because people talk too highly of them, and then my experience didn't live up to those expectations. So I certainly do not want to do that here. And if you're not sure whether or not you want to watch Beyond the Gates, but you don't want to know too much about it for fear of the expectation... Uh, the experience won't live up to the expectations. Let me just say, it's a fun horror movie with a lot of heart, a focus on characters over gore, and made by people who clearly love what they do. It's not a perfect movie, but I really enjoy it and I recommend that you see it. Now, if you'd like more details about why I recommend it, 
hopefully without straying into spoiler territory, stick around and I'll let you know why I love it just so freaking much. Actually, it's pretty much those four reasons that I just said. Heart, characters over gore, but some gore, and well-made. But I want to dive into it a, a little bit more. So Lucas mentioned on the Monster Pod that when he was prepping for our episode, uh, he watched and listened to some other reviews, and there were some reviews out there that were disappointed because they expected a little bit of a different focus. Some people who saw the movie expected it to be focused a lot more on the board game aspect of it and wanted to see of more of the world beyond the gates. And I do think that's a valid reaction to the movie. However, that's not the purpose of the movie. The purpose of the movie is not about the supernatural realm beyond the gates, but the interactions and development of the characters in this realm. That's only one of the things that I love so much about the movie. I genuinely care about most of the characters. They're flawed, but relatable. A bit stereotype and tropey, but still realistic and played with sincerity. Serious, but still able to keep things light. Part of this is due to the writing, and part of this is due to the actors and actresses. Beyond the Gates is an indie movie, and there's an incredibly small cast. Aside from just some of the background extras, there's only like 13 characters total, three of which are only in the pre-credit opening scene, three of which are only in two scenes, and one of which doesn't have any lines at all. So with such a small cast, each actor and actress role carries more weight than bigger budget movies that can distract from the acting with more characters and whatnot. And I think that each of the actors and actresses did an incredible job. Some scenes were stronger than others, and some lines were delivered more, more believably than others, but I wouldn't say that there were weak scenes that bogged down the movie with stale acting. I think that all of the actors and actresses uh, did an amazing job. Jesse Merlin, Graham Skipper, Chase Williamson, Bria Grant, Barbara Crampton, uh, Justin Wellborn, Sarah Lane, and one other name that I'm forgetting, uh, Henry, Le Henry LeBlanc. They all did an incredible job. So that kind of touches on the first two of the four reasons why I love this movie, heart and characters, but there's another area of the movie where I would say heart still applies, and it goes along with the fourth reason of being well-made. The people who made this movie obviously love what they do. They did not do an 80s throwback movie just as a cash grab because there's been an increase in that style of movie lately, the popularity of films and shows such as Stranger Things, but they have a genuine love and appreciation of the film. They have a genuine love and appreciation of the form a genuine love and appreciation of the process of movies that they grew up on. Beyond the Gates isn't set in the 80s, but there are color themes, cinematography, characters. They're all love notes from people who were inspired to make indie horror flicks because of their early cinematic experiences. And to me, it definitely shows. Like, it shines through and is one of the best parts of this movie. Uh, the tone did not feel forced, overdone, or unrealistic. It didn't feel like they were trying too hard to make a movie to appease to an unfamiliar fan base. It just felt like they made the movie that they wanted to make because they had a passion for it. And part of why I feel this way is because of the attention to detail. I certainly am not implying that the movie is flawless. There are several continuity errors that are pointed out during the commentaries, but there are just so many little things that are easy to miss the first time around, but that add depth and complexity upon repeated viewings. As a very minor example, without really getting into spoiler territory, uh, there's one scene where a card is shown on the board that foreshadows what will happen in the following scene. I know that's pretty vague, but I don't really want to give any spoilers. But the reason that I use this as an example is because I didn't notice it until it was pointed out in the commentaries. It was obviously easy to overlook, and it honestly wasn't a necessary thing to include. But adding it in just gave a nice little touch to the connection between the board game and the real world. And related to that increased appreciation after multiple viewings, 
I want to go back to characters and heart for just one second. The first time that I saw Beyond the Gates, I just thought that it was a really fun indie horror flick. But in repeated viewings, there is a lot of character depth that makes the movie a much more mature movie. Now, I don't mean mature in the sense of graphic nudity. There's no nudity at all. Uh, but in the sense that it deals with very adult themes of responsibility, forgiveness, alcoholism, abuse, devotion. But it does them in a way that the movie is somehow able to, to come across as a fun indie horror rather than a depressing indie drama. And I just absolutely love that. I love that the movie is so much fun to watch, but there's so much depth just below the surface. There are a lot of examples that I could go into as evidence of the depth of the movie, but again, I don't really want to get into spoilers. So if you want some of those examples, either listen to the Monster Pod or feel free to contact me through Facebook or Instagram, and I'll be glad to go into a lot more detail and, uh, and provide some of those examples if you want. Alright, so I've touched on heart, characters, the fact that it was well made, but I haven't really touched on the gore yet. Again, I want to note that the focus of this movie is not on the gore, um, but on the character development and the investment that far outweighs the scenes of gore. But that being said, oh my god, the gory scenes are just so much fun to watch. They're all done with practical effects. There's very little digital editing. But the vast majority of what takes place in this movie is, again, practical, and I just love practical effects in horror movies. It's something that, that you don't really see very often. These effects, they just add so much realism, even down to the fact that the video that's being shown on the TV when they're playing the game is actually a video being shown on the screen during the recording rather than just superimposing it onto the screen afterwards. I know that a lot of people think, uh, I know that a lot of people in the audience might not have noticed one way or the other, but I think that having the video there during filming really added to that overall authentic and genuine feel of the movie. There's so many movies out there, short films, feature films, low budget, big budget, just every single kind of movie that's just become over-reliant on computer graphics. And while some of that is the only option sometimes, I always find it incredibly refreshing to see a movie with practical effects, especially when they're done well. And Beyond the Gates, in my opinion, is an example of a low-budget indie horror movie with practical effects that are done well. Okay, I think that's probably about all that I can say of Beyond the Gates with the, without getting into specific examples that would dip into spoiler territory. But again, if you'd like more detailed discussion of the movie, check out the Monster Pod, or just contact me, and I'll be glad to go into any details that you want me to. But even though I might not be able to say that much more about the movie without getting into spoilers, I did also want to, uh, to go into some of the extra features on the Blu-ray, and just give an overall review of the Blu-ray itself, not just the movie. Again, this is one of the few movies that I've actually paid full price for recently. So if you're anything like me and want to know whether or not you should actually spend your money on it, here's, here are my thoughts. Uh, for me, I like having physical media, whether it be DVD or Blu-ray, more than just watching a movie on a streaming service because I do like those extra features. I also like being able to watch a movie whenever I want, rather than worrying about whether or not it will be removed from the online format. But it's the extras that really draw me in because it adds to my enjoyment of the movie and to the rewatchability factor. If a DVD or Blu-ray has little to nothing more than just the movie, I might still want to own it so that I don't have to worry about, uh, about it not being available later, but I'll wait till I can find it for a buck at a local pawn shop or a thrift store or just find it on sale somewhere. If there isn't much that makes it rewatchable, then why waste the money? 
So, are the extras on Beyond the Gates worth it? To me, yes, absolutely. Now, I do wish that there were more extras. They're deleted scenes, but only a couple. You know, were those the only two scenes that were shot but not included in the movie? If not, then why not include more of them? Also, I would have liked there to have been a commentary with the deleted scenes to give a little bit more insight into uh, to why they were deleted. Uh, and if there was one, then somehow I just completely overlooked it and didn't see that as an option. Uh, there was a Q&A with Stuart Gordon and most of the cast and crew after a showing of the movie, but it shot on a phone and someone it shot on shot on a phone of someone in the audience, and the audio and video quality just isn't really that great. I enjoyed the content, but I just wish that there had been a little bit better audio and video quality. There's a really fun fake retro commercial, which I absolutely love, but I kind of wish that there had been more things like that. I wish that there had been a few more things to just give it a, a little bit more of an overall experience. But that being said, where I think the extras really shine are in the commentaries. There are three audio commentaries on the Blu-ray. One's with Jackson Stewart, Barbara Crampton, Jesse Merlin, Brian Sow, the cinematographer, and Steven Scarlatta, uh, who is the co-writer of the movie. The other commentary is Jackson Stewart, again the director, Bria Grant, Graham Skipper, Chase Williamson, who are the three main characters, and another commentary is the guys from Junk Food Dinner Podcast. And I like the fact that there is a commentary with the guys from the podcast, uh, so there's that outsider's view of the movie, but... I really wish that that had been the first of the commentaries that I had watched. I really, really enjoyed watching the first two commentaries, and the junk food dinner one was entertaining, but it just didn't quite stack up in comparison. It's not that it was a bad commentary, it's just the other two are so informative and have so much energy throughout the entire commentary, and it's just hard for the third one to live up to that same expectation. So if you are going to watch all of the commentaries, I do recommend that you start with the junk food dinner commentary rather than end with it. Or at least give yourself a little bit more space rather than watching it four times in one week like I just did. As far as the other two commentaries, there are some stories and anecdotes that overlap, but it doesn't feel like just a repeat of the same stories. They have two very different feels about them. One of them is a bit more tech. One of them is a bit more technical, while the other one is more like just a group of friends getting together to reminisce about their escapades and making a movie. Uh, but I found both of these commentaries incredibly fun to watch, very informative, and just, just overall really enjoyable. With, with some movies, after I've watched it with the commentary once, I don't really want to go back and watch it with the commentary again. I hate to say that there are some movies uh, that I absolutely love that have kind of crappy commentaries. For some movies, the commentary actually kind of ruins the movie for me a little bit. But that's not so with Beyond the Gates. I actually definitely see myself re-watching all of the commentaries. So while I do wish that there had been a bit more in the bonus features on the Blu-ray, I do think that the stuff there adds enough information, fun, enjoyment, uh, to make it a, an, an, uh, to make it an overall experience and a Blu-ray Blu-ray yeah, Blu-ray worth buying. Uh, but if you've seen Beyond the Gates, it's currently available on Netflix Instant, and you enjoyed it, then I recommend that you buy the movie to support the people who made it and to support indie horror in general. Even if you don't think that you would re-watch it again very often, just buy the movie to support the artist. Buy the movie to support the people who are making it. So, that's my review of Beyond the Gates. A fun indie horror movie with a lot of heart, character development over gore, some really fun gore with good practical effects, and made by people who love what they do. 
I absolutely recommend that you watch Beyond the Gates. Again, currently available on Netflix Instant. And if you want to support the people who made it, then I highly recommend that you buy the Blu-ray as well. So, if you like this review, but want some more detailed analysis, be sure to check out The Monster Pod. And if you ever get a chance to check out Feeding Time, the shorts uh, that we talked about at the beginning of the Beyond the Gates episode of Monster Pod, then I highly recommend that you do so. Again, you can find my full review of Feeding Time on my podcast as well. And if you want to hear more of my reviews, you can find all my other reviews, con coverage, and just general geekery at gargylereviews.blogspot.com. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at GargyleReviews, on Facebook slash TheGargyle, on Instagram at TheGargyle, and on iTunes or Google Play. Just do a search for The Gargyle. But until next time, that's been it for this episode of The Gargyle Podcast. I'm Nathan, and as always, you can find me where geekery abounds.